It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I couldn't be more excited to talk with my guest today. Join me as Jason Troy, speaker, coach, and author of a book that I really like, Social Wealth, How to Build Extraordinary Relationships by Transforming the Way We Live, Love, Lead, and Network. You know, we become so enamored with the technology that enables us to connect with people that we've begun to believe that being connected virtually is the same as having a relationship with someone. But to me, you know, being connected to someone doesn't pass the what I call the no-like-trust test as sort of the minimum standard for having a relationship with someone. So to learn how to help us learn how to build relationships that enhance your business and your life, we're going to turn to our guest today, Jason Troy. He's going to help us sort it all out. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thanks for having me on the show and speak with your fantastic tribe. So take a minute, introduce yourself. So I am a business and executive coach, and I'm also a sales trainer, and I've started out in my career going to law school and getting my master's in communications and decided that was not the road I wanted to take. Went out to Silicon Valley um, in the late um, 1990s and 2000s and worked with some fantastic people like Steve Jobs and Mark Cuban and Mark Hurd who was the CEO of uh, HP and Yahoo back in the day. So it was fantastic. And then I just transformed my life and started working with people and doing my coaching business, and wow. I absolutely love it. And now I'm really working with executives and other business leaders as well as sales leaders and really helping them you know, get unstuck, get clear, see the patterns that are no longer serving them, and then building those relationships um, and strategies to take you know, their life forward. And also, and by de facto, that helps them create you know, significant personal lives that they love. So how'd you come into that? Focus on well, relationships. Did you did you realize that you had a certain skill and aptitude yourself for yeah, I mean I was really good at it for a while, but I think what really was a breakthrough for me was I was helping a couple of my friends help their friends move from one city to another. They were moving they were guys that were I think about thirty years old at the time and they were introverted. And they had jo- great job opportunities, but they had lived in this big city, and now they had to move to another one and restart everything. And they're worried about getting you know their personal lives, their career. Like, how do we do all these things? So I was like, well, I'll just help them, right? And in you know ninety days or less, they had better lives than they had in the other cities, and absolutely loved it. And I realized at that point, since I did it with two separate people, I have something here. I didn't know what it was, so I approached someone I knew um, with a book idea. And, you know, I wrote this other book, my first book, and I just, you know, gave it to him and said, hey, let's just do this and try to do some products and coaching and see what happens. And, you know, that worked for a couple years. And then I wanted to go a different direction. I had a falling out with my business partner as well. And I was like, okay, well, it's time to quit corporate job and just see where this business is going to go. Otherwise, I'm going to keep doing it on the side forever. And I'm never really going to create something. So I decided to, you know, go out and start this and finished the book that I had been writing, Social Wealth, and just launched this and been iterating my business ever since. As we all do, yeah, iterating business. I love that. Great phrase. So I listened to a podcast you did uh, last fall about uh, rapport hacks to help you build and quickly build relationships that, that matter. And and I thought that interesting use of words is, you know, what are relationships that matter? 
Well, I think that you've got to build a deep emotional connection with people. And you can do that quickly because if you don't, you can't, it's much harder to move from an acquaintance stage to an inner circle stage with someone, right? So you've got to start in that first interaction, really get deep with that person or get deep enough. And they, that you create an, uh, enough intrigue that they want to follow up with you, right? And they want to interact with you. And you're talking and so, about business and personal. Business and personal, it, it, they're one and the same. Because the reality is, as well as everyone listening is, knows, if you go to a business event, there's always opportunities to meet people and hang out people that you like and you want to spend time with. And the same way it goes if you go to like a, a social event. There, may, there are people there that you would like to do business with. So you always show up as one person, right? So I, I tell people that it doesn't matter the setting, right? If you get to know people, the opportunities and options are limitless, right? So just be yourself, um, and really start to understand how to connect better with people. And part of this comes from learning, but a large part of it comes just to practice, right? Most people just don't want to practice and get out there and try these things, and that's end of the day how anyone gets good at anything. Yeah. So if let's let's start defining what some of these things are, right? That that people can do because these are skills that are acquired that have to be practiced with repetition. And and you talked about rapport hacks. And so let's talk about some hacks listeners could use to to build relationships with people, build rapport. I mean, one of the starting points is you know how do you you talk about quickly finding common ground. I mean, how, how do you do that with people that you've just met? Right. So if you, if you meet someone in a setting, I, I always like to try to think, how can I get to what really matters with them the most, the fastest, right? Because at the end of the, end of the day, that people want to talk about what they're most passionate about, what they care about. And as a person, you, there's no way for you to know that because you've just met that person. Well, and I guess the caveat I'd put is in a business sense, if you're developing, I mean, you could go look at sort of their digital footprints and see perhaps what they care about based on what they're they're putting out there. You could. And that's all, you know, that's always an option. But for most times, you may meet someone randomly and you just don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I think the best way to do it is I ask them a question that's pretty light, like, you know, what brought you to this event or how's the week going or whatever's going on. And they'll say whatever they're going to say and they're saying, you know, I'd love to know, like, what are you, what, what are you passionate about in your life? What projects are you working on that are getting you really excited? And people will tell you what's going on. And I find it works all the time. And most people, what the problem is they don't ask that question in the first couple of questions. They'll wait to the fifth or sixth interaction. But the problem is, you're not going to get to that interaction with someone because you're not going to be able to see them again because you're not going to get on their priority list. So you need to find that early on. And then I like to ask that question because then if, it, if it's in a professional setting, a lot of times people are not that excited about their job, but they're excited about surfing lessons or they're excited about, you know, they may be going on a trip to France or somewhere else. Then you can ask a lot of questions about things that they care about the most. And, you know, and if it could lead to a question, I like to ask people, so are you having any challenges around that passion, any help that you could need? Maybe they're going to France and they're like, yeah, I'm really going, but I don't know where to go or what to do. And, you know, you might have some options or some help that you can give them through people that you know, or just you could follow up with them and maybe even send them an article, right? And that's an amazing way. Because no one does that, right? I mean, no one follows up with people on things that they care about. And if you help them on something like that, they're going to be really grateful. Um, And then you're talking about things that they want to talk about as well, right? Because most of us, all of us have had conversations and probably 
hundreds, if not thousands, of boring conversations that not, didn't lead anywhere. When people ask the question, where are you from? What do you do for a living? Like interview type questions. And no one wants to be asked those questions because they've had reoccurring times and enough of them that haven't gone anywhere that that tape plays in their head and they basically sound, they basically don't even listen to you, right? They're thinking about what they have to do that night, who else is in the room, what else is going on. But when you ask a question like, what are you passionate about? It forces a person to be present. You make them actually have to be there. Right. So in a, I'm thinking about this in a business context and a sales context because you know, building rapport quickly is, is critical with – I'm sorry. As I stumble over myself with prospective buyers, um, it seems like asking that question about passion it would be hard for a lot of people. And, and I guess the flip side is it would – some of you have just met. Would they think it's presumptuous? No. I mean I do it all the time. So how do you actually say it? I just ask them. So I ask them like, so I mean, I, I'd really love to know like, what are you passionate about in your life? Like, what what gets you excited about? You know, wh- that things that you're working on right now. And, and if someone looks at me saying, you know, I could ask you a question, what do you do for a living or something else? But that's pretty boring. Let's talk about actually something that matters to you. And that you know, I, I'm just pretty blunt with people, and people love it because then they can talk about whatever it is that they want. And if they stumble, and like, well, what? Where do you, where's your dream vacation? Where is it that's on your list of places you want to travel, right? And I just play with it, right? I'm just friendly and outgoing with people, right? Some people stumble over it, but a lot of people are like, no, what I'm working on is this other business. Or, you know, what I'm really excited about is my family or something else. Well, then you can keep asking questions about that. And end of the day, it's more about what questions you ask than what that person finds out about you. Because, you know, I found out early on as I was in Dallas and I was going out and asking all these questions and doing all these things and I was introducing people to other people and mainly strangers to other strangers because I didn't know anyone, is that people would now, would started to introduce me to other people as their, you know, Jason's a great guy, Jason's one of my best friends, Jason's this or that. And I would, and I thought to myself, these people either have to be drunk, they have to be on drugs, they have to be absolutely insane because... I've spent probably no more than 30 or 40 minutes, and they probably know nothing about me at all. But it's because they like me because I actually listened to them, right? I actually cared about things that, that were important to them. And the only people in their life that do that are people in their inner circle, right? People who don't keep a scorecard with them. So I would help them. I would introduce them to other people. And I wouldn't ask for anything in return. Well, psychologically, I tur- even though I was only an acquaintance, in their head, I was much more because I basically mimicked and imitated actions of people who were the closest to them in their life. And at that point, I unknowingly did some of this stuff. I didn't really know what I was doing, but after a while, I figured it out. You know, when it starts happening 10, 20, 30 times, you start to say to yourself, okay, well, there must be something I'm doing that other people are not. Yeah. And so, from a, and again, taking it back to the business context, is, is there a danger that, because I'm sure you do this. In yourself, when you're talking to prospective uh, buyers and prospective customers for yourself, is is there a danger that they think that you're, you know, wasting their time when you ask that question? Because it's it's not really, you know, salespeople are being trained these days. Cut out the personal chit chat and crap, and just you know, get down to business. Yeah, but that's but that's okay. All of us are people. And all of us want to work with people we like, right? So end of the day, sure. that matters. And and if you get and if you find out what matters, it's going to serve you because that's what people want to do. Because 
if, if someone's going to go buy a piece of technology, let's say you're an IT buyer or anything else, there's a lot of people you can buy from, but you're going to buy from someone you like and trust and know that they're going to do anything for you. Well, you build relationships faster when people know who you are, know what matters to you, know your emotions, know where you came from. Well, that's the kind of line of thinking that you need to get to with other people. Because people are like, okay, I'd rather work with you than someone else, even if they have something better because I like you. And if I've got to sit on the phone with you and spend time with you in the office or wherever it is, at least I've got someone here that really I enjoy spending time with rather than someone who's a drone or someone all who cares about it just sucking money at me. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean, I'm just, I'm just pushing back a little bit just you know, given the context no, 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 of all the sales training you see these days. is like, you know, cust- and I agree, customers are extremely busy, but I also think, to your point exactly right is they want to buy from and work with somebody over the long term that that they really feel comfortable with exactly because they're they're eventually going to have to take some leap of faith in their business and trust you with something that could go dramatically wrong for them and they're going to feel much more comfortable doing it if they know someone that cares about them and that's invested because that's going to make them feel more comfortable making that leap rather than someone else and so just the more quicker you can put yourself in that place, the better off that you are. Yeah, and it, it definitely is a, a trust-building uh, step. Always. Yeah, right? if, somebody, if somebody doesn't open up to you, then you know that the trust hasn't come there yet. Yeah. I mean, another example was I went to a charity event probably six or eight months ago, and it's for cancer charity. And it, there was probably three, 400 people at this event, and I was – going up to the bar, grabbing a drink, and this woman was on my left, and I had never, I never, I didn't meet her, didn't know her, didn't know anyone around her, and I said, hey, how's it going? And she asked me a question, and she asked me, so what brought you here? And I'm like, well, I've been involved in this organization for a while, and also my mom had leukemia, and, you know, she fortunately, you know, got well, but she had some experimental drugs that she got from Sloan Kettering in New York, and Mm -hmm. I told her some other things, probably a 60-second or less answer, and I said, so what brought you here, right? I just literally asked her the same question. And she told me that her sister had breast cancer. And I asked her some other questions. And, you know, she told me an answer that probably lasted five minutes. And she started having tears in her eyes. And, like, you know, I gave her a hug. And, and I'd never met this woman before in my life. And she grabbed me and said, I have to introduce you to all my friends. And I went over and met all these friends. And she was like, you got to meet Jason. He's an awesome guy. And I was like, I've met you less than 10 minutes. You're crying. And you're tearing up and you're introducing me to all your friends. And I you know, met some great people because I, was, I led with vulnerability, right? Not that much, but a little bit. And that allowed someone else to open up and feel safe that they could tell me why they really came there. Because she said that she had never, you know, I asked her before, I said, did you tell anyone else that you met here that? Because I was actually curious on my own. And she's like, no. And, and then I, she asked me, why? why? I said, well, why would you tell me? And she said, well, you know, you told me a story about, you know, your mom. And I was like, I thought to myself, it's as simple as that, right? You don't have to do some crazy wild stories. You just share stuff about yourself with other people, you know, in incremental ways. Yeah, and I think that that also works in the business context because people are still people. You know, with such an emphasis as you in sales these days on sort of the process and the technology and so on, but at the end of the day, it's still somebody, a person buying from a person. And, and if you yes. have if you have that connection, it it the, given the differences between products and services are perceived by buyers to be minimal, if if at all. What makes the difference? Well, it's you as a person. More than ever, 
you as a person are important. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing the sales and leadership training uh, in December and I was going through and I talked to uh, a woman who was having some challenges and we got through and talked about some emotional challenges she was having and she just wanted to sell better and she was actually doing well. And I got down to asking her some questions about her relationship with her parents growing up. And at the end of the day, she has a very high-pitched voice. And she was telling me that growing up and through college, that when she got on the phone with her mother or grandmother, they would make fun of her on the phone. And they would say to her, um, you have a high-pitched voice and you need to change your voice. No one can understand you. And so that tape rolled in her head in her 30s as she's on the phone calling with her clients and prospects. And she, she hated picking up the phone. And so she hated going into work every day, even though she was good at it to a point. And so I was like, well, the way that you get by this is not by telling yourself that it didn't matter, but by actually sharing that story. And the reason you got in sales was because of these traumatic experience and the fact that you wanted to you know, really master that and get by that in your life and lead with it. And she started leading with it and it's done exceptionally well in, a, in a, you know, not that long of a time. And I think that's the key, right? You've right. got to know the patterns that no longer serve you and be vulnerable and lead with them. And that's when the doors open for you the most. I mean, she's told me that like it's the easiest selling she's ever had. It's like taking candy from a baby now because pe- people then open up and tell stories about themselves. And they, she didn't even need to talk about what she's doing that much because people are like already all in. Got it. Well, great. So we're going to come back and talk more about this. We're going to take a short break right now. I'll be back with my guest, Jason Troy, in just a second. Hi, this is Andy. Connect & Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect & Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect & Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect & Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, we're back with Jason Troy talking about building relationships that matter. Uh, Jason's the author of the book, Social Wealth, which people should check out. So, um... So we talked about you know how do you sort of hacks as a drama to to build rapport. One one that we sort of touched on a little bit, but I'm gonna be a little more explicit in talking about it is you talk about the necessity of building likability. And this is uh, you know, I was reading that and it, it sort of struck a chord with me because I'm I'm an introvert of sorts. I mean, even though I've been in sales my entire career and and in senior roles and and out in field sales and so on. But um you know, I have friends, I think we all have friends who are just seem like they're naturals at attracting people and, and you know, have a high likability quotient, I guess I'd say, whereas to me, it's, it seems like a much harder task. So what are some steps to, that we can take to sort of start mastering this likability and be able to increase our <laughs> likability quotient, if you will? So the first one is listening, but you have to be a present and active listener, which is something people don't really understand. And I think one of the things, the challenges that happen is we can't quiet our mind. So when I have a conversation with someone, uh, you know, and it was difficult at first, but now it's not, I can focus on that other person and, and basically the rest of the room doesn't even matter. Like I cannot have any distractions. And what happens is, is nonverbal communication is so big that you send a signal to someone else. They can tell when you're thinking about 
what's for dinner, what do I have to do tomorrow for work, what else is happening, they can tell with that nonverbal communication and immediately tells them either consciously or unconsciously that you don't care and you're not that important. And so what I do is try to block that out and be an active listener, meaning some of the times I'll repeat something back that they said or add on to it or add a bridge onto it at that point. Um, and just be present in the conversation. And that does wonders for people. Um, and it's amazing how not present we are in our lives and especially in our relationships with other people. And so I think that's very important. Now, there's some other stuff that people can read up on on doing like NLP, neuro linguistic processing, by doing some mirroring with people. Um, and some of those things I do think can help with people. Um, and so those things work. Um, the other thing that works really effect, and it's the number one, uh, I'd say, social thing that you can do and the most powerful thing that you can do is introduce people to other people. And so what, and you can introduce strangers to other strangers. And so I'll give you an example of exactly how to do it. And it's the same thing I do, I did 10 years ago that I do now, and it works every time and it works every single time for every one of my clients or anyone that does it. So let's say you're going to the bar to get a drink, right? And you're at a, any event you want to pick, right? So there's someone on your right. You never met that person. You don't know them. I go up and say, hey, how's it going? You know, and they'll say whatever and I'll say, what brought you to this event? And they'll say whatever they're going to say. It doesn't even matter. Let's just say there's someone on my left. I'll quickly turn over and I'll say to that person, hi, how's it going? I'm going to say something. And, I'll, and then I'll point my fingers, my index fingers on the outside, on my left and my right. And I'll point and I'll say, you two should meet each other. I think you'd get along, right? Or I'll say something like that. It doesn't even matter what I say. Those people will start interacting with each other um, and they'll say something, right? And whatever it's going to be, it could be short, could be longer, and if they're starting to have a conversation that lasts even 10, 15 seconds, I'll look at the person behind me um, or whatever, the person right around me, and I'll grab them and I'll ask them a question, and then I'll bring them into the conversation. And I'll tell them, you should meet these people, right? And they'll introduce themselves, they'll introduce their names, and it's off to the races. And, but the thing at that point is you're the hub, and everyone else is a spoke. And I've done this thousands of times. I Probably at least 100,000 times, and no one's ever laughed at me. No one's ever thrown a drink on me. No one's ever said anything negatively. Now, people have said hi and walked away, right. but that's the worst-case scenario that's ever happened with anyone I know. So, But what's happened before is I'll have five, six people in a conversation. They'll meet new people. Well, that's the highest value thing that you can do because no matter if you have money, power, intelligence, status, the one thing that you can't do is meet new people necessarily, and especially meet new, meet new people in a situation like that where you're just meeting them. There's no reason for it. There's no, there's no one trying to get something from you because they don't even know who you are. So that's a really powerful way, and it's created so many great things in my life from doing it, and people love it. And there's, you know, People might say to you, well, I only want to have a few friends in my life, but no one's ever said I don't want to meet someone new, ever. And you ask people that question, do you want to meet a new person? And everyone's like, of course I do. So on a, if you take that back again to a business level or sales level, what's, what's an analogous situation and the actions the same you thing. take? I mean, you could do it anywhere you want. I mean, well, and you let's could, say you're talking to a new prospect for the first time. I mean, what, what, 
Well, let's just say you're out with a new prospect, and let's say you're out, um, maybe you're out in a social setting, something like this. You can even introduce them to the waiter or something like that, right? Say, hey, you should meet my favorite waiter in town, right? Even if it's not, joke around and have them meet someone new. People can think it's funny, and they're going to laugh and because they're meeting someone new. But let's just say you're up, up at a bar or something like this. Say hi to someone, and then just introduce them to someone else that they don't know. They want to, even if it's just for five seconds, they'll meet someone new, and most people rarely meet new people, right? So it's a rush, and it's adrenaline rush for them to do it, and they actually feel good about it because we're all humans, right? The reason we're here is connection, right, for other people. We want to create belonging, that small community that we have um, and friends and family, and so you're doing that service for them, um, and that's something that is extremely valuable. Now, you also could do that. If you're a salesperson, if you ask them what they're passionate about, you could look through your LinkedIn and you could connect those people electronically, right? Exactly. You could um, perhaps as a salesperson, if you find out that that, it, let's just say that they're having a lot of IT problems in that company, you look through your LinkedIn, maybe you have someone who's like an expert in technology and you link them up saying, hey, this person may be able to help you with this, right? That person will be forever indebted because they could refer them on to the company, right? Even if it doesn't work out. They've, you've at least done something and taken an effort to help serve their need and, and really help them, right? So building that network and leveraging it is good for everyone, right? Because in that example, it's helpful for the person who's a technology expert because who knows, they're going to meet new people too. So exactly. you're actually helping both sides when you bring people together, no matter what the outcome is, because you never know. I brought people together who like tried to talk to each other in the first five minutes and there's nothing they could help each other with, but they actually like them each other and then spending time together and becoming friends. Well, you know, they're always remembered that how they got to be friends was because of me. And that's a very powerful place because I then have people who want to help me um, and also want to be a part of my life. And I don't, you know, I would never have that had I not extended myself and offered and put it together. And people want to do this stuff. It's all yeah, well, I think being a connector, as you're talking yeah. about, being a connector is an essential sales skill, business skill, life skill these exactly. days. It is. It's Malcolm Gladwell. If you're reading The Tipping Point, he talks about being a connector, right? But in that book, a lot of times connectors don't have very deep relationships. But I don't think you have to sacrifice having a lot of relationships and not having a lot of deep relationships. I think it's all in how you build the relationship from the beginning and how much of an emotional connection you can meet with people. We've all had times, right? I'm sure you've had yourself where you've met someone and you've completely clicked. Well, the reason is, is because you had a lot of common ground with that person just by the fact that you did. Mm -hmm. Well, my point is, is that you start asking the right questions to dig that common ground out and stop waiting for chance to bring it up. You can create it with anyone else. You have common ground with every single person out there. Some form or fashion or other, there are things that you like. Maybe you like f watching American football. Like you want, like, okay, great. Well, that's wonderful. But that's a common ground. But just ask questions and you'll find out about what people love and things that they do. I, in fact, I went out last this fall and one of my very good friends is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. We were out at a bar and met someone randomly out and another guy who was the big Chiefs uh, fan and his family had season tickets. Well, my friend flew to Kansas City and saw his first Chiefs game ever because of that. Right. And I just, you know, and it's because I, we're, we're asking questions and we're talking about things and it just randomly got, it came up. Yeah, and I, well, I think it's like, use an analogy, it's like sitting in the middle seat in an airplane, right? I mean, the worst places exactly. to be because you got two people you can meet that are brand new that may be uh, 
people that could be influential or important to your business and important to you personally. But, but you won't know unless you take the headphones off and talk to them. Exactly, and that's a great example of that, right? So it's, it's taking a look at some, it's something where some people would look at it as a pain or something that's an inconvenience, but in fact, if you actually really look at it, it's a massive opportunity. Right, and that opportunity is really a keyword because you know, get back to your point about being present and listening to customers and listening to the people you talk to, really being present and not thinking about anything else, is it's an opportunity to connect. It's an opportunity to learn something about them in a way that you never will if you're worried about what a what you're going to say next b what you're going to have for lunch be there and it's it opens up vistas that you're just never been aware of before and yeah. I, I i teach people i i you know people think that they can as to your point customers people you're talking to they can know when you're not really present and i was like using the story about an actor i forget what actor it was talking about the difference between acting on stage and acting on on camera is you know, an actor on stage, you act with your body, and on film or on TV, you act with your eyes. And it's yes. just it's just your eyes. And so you think about how powerful it is. We're watching all these people, you know, that we follow on TV and so on, and, and it's just the eyes that are telling us what's going on. Well, if that's the case, our eyes are telling a story to the prospects when we're talking to them. Yes. And I think even stuff simple is that. Um, just sending someone a book, right? If you're a salesperson, if you get to know them and you, and you read something that's really influential, I love listening to podcasts. In fact, I just, I was listening to one and I, I saw a fantastic book, um, and, or that I'm going to order for some of my clients and I just randomly did it. It's not like I send my clients books all the time, but what I do is if I see something that's really good, I'm like, of course I'm going to do it. Right. But that's not what a lot of people would do because they wouldn't take the time. Yeah, and how would you know if you hadn't been asking the questions? Yeah, and if you're thinking about other people and actively thinking about it and seeing something that's great, oftentimes um, that will be something that other people will like too. And you might, you might not even know for sure, but just send them a book, right? It's $10. But the fact that you send them a book and write a little note on Amazon, which if you send them through Kindle, it's, it, it's not going to take any time at all. Yeah. But it means something because you did it. And you thought about them. And if you write a small note thinking about you, love this book, thought it'd be something you could take a look at, you could literally cut and paste that answer and do that for 20 clients and spend $200. I guarantee you, you'll make all of that money back and probably 10 times that money back because who's doing that? No one. Right. Instantly. Well, good. Instantly. Instantly. Well, I'm a, this is great stuff. I wish we could talk forever on this, but we're going to move to the last segment of the show. We'll have you back on and we'll continue to talk about it at a later yeah. time. So I standard guest uh, questions ask all my guests uh, get some uh, interesting answers. So the first question I ask is a sort of hypothetical scenario I pose. You've just been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales have uh, stalled out and they really desperately need to be turned around, get unstuck, as you said. So what two things could you do in your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? I would think that I would do something like a ropes course. I would get people out to be doing something outside of the office and start building greater trust and communication because at the end of the day, trust and communication are key and there's probably problems going on at that point. Um, I would also sit down with each person if possible, right, depending as big as the company is, and start asking them questions about what they thought about the organization, um, what was going on, how do they perceive it, and also do that with the current co clients and customers, um, some of them as well as any partners or suppliers. So I could get a better picture 
on the communication and everything that was happening in a 360 degree and see what people liked, what they didn't, so I could have a better understanding. Right? The other thing I might do is do a quick survey to employees and really understand more about what's going on um, with them. And you could also do a 360 degree, which even be better, and you could just find out what people were thinking of each other and how they were interacting with, uh, with everyone there. And I think part of those things, both of those things would give you a significant amount of data and also the other part of it is that it would help you start fostering better communication and trust with people um, and getting to know them on the team. Good answer. Good answer. Okay. So some rapid fire questions here is, is um, you give one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. So the first one is when you're out selling, selling your own services, what's your most powerful sales attribute? I'd say stories from my clients. Okay. So name one. I think, yeah, because I, I think in the day, I think, you know, I yes, it's all the you know building rapport, likability, and trust is obviously key. But I like telling people the stories of where my clients have been successful at, so they can understand and ask questions, but really see it. And then I also like to say, hey, I'll put you in contact with them, so you can ask them the questions that you want and ask away. You can ask them anything. And the great thing is, if you build great relationships with people in your own current clients they won't BS the other person and they'll tell them everything. And that will do more to sell what you have than anything else you're going to say because they're getting it from a third party. Mm-hmm. And social proof, right? It's a complete social proof. And people are willing to take a huge, much bigger leap of faith if they meet people who are telling them the truth and they see it and they're being present in the phone call and they know they're not BSing them when they're talking to them. And I think that's the easiest way to sell. I agree. All right, next question. What is the one tool you use for managing your own sales that you can't live without? Hmm. Well, other than, you know, using a CRM tool, which would be absolutely fantastic. Um, you have to use that. Um, the other thing that I love to do is to bring in guest speakers to other, to, um, salespeople all the time. And I work on my clients to do this to start getting them to think about a lot more introspection about how they're acting, things that they're doing, getting them out of their comfort zone, and really challenge the status quo. Because I find that if you consistently do stuff like that, you're going to find people are being innovative, creative, and really trying to find new solutions. And they won't stop at no. They'll continue moving forward. Okay. Who's your sales role model? Wow. Wow. You know, I just listened, I have to say, I just listened to a guy speak on a podcast, and I have to say, his story is absolutely fantastic, and I believe his name is Jesse Eitzler. He wrote, um, he wrote this book, um, and the name of the book, I just bought it today, is uh, called Living with a Seal, 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet, and basically, this guy guy, uh, one of the stories that he had was he, want, he was uh, early on, he was, a, he was trying to be a rapper and everyone turned him down. And he went out and um, went to LA and he found randomly a rap tape in a studio of like with the number one indie recording audience. And he told the recording company that he was this person and showed up and walked in the room. And obviously the person who the tape was was African-American and he was white. And he walked in and got to speak to the president of the company, handed him the tape, and said, hey, you should listen to mine too. 
and ended up listening to it and ended up getting a recording deal, which led to so many other things. And I found a lot of the stories were like that. He had enough confidence and audacity to go and do what most people would never do. And I thought it was absolutely fascinating. So that's probably one of my top people now. Excellent. Okay. Uh, one book that every salesperson should read besides your own. I love this book, a brand new book by Brene Brown. It's B-R-E-N-E Brown. It's called Rising Strong. And it's really um, the best management and leadership book I've ever read. And it's really dealing with authenticity, vulnerability, and really dealing with your emotions and connecting with them so you're able to connect to other people. Um, you're also better able to lead from being vulnerable and sharing your own truth. And it's just a fantastic book that will make a significant impact on your day-to-day -day living. Okay, great recommendation. And that information will be on the show notes page for the listeners. Uh, here's the hard questions. What, what music's on your playlist now? So I like U2. I'm like a big Frank Sinatra fan. I like band Reckless Kelly. Mm -hmm. I actually have some ACDC. They're actually um, coming to Dallas. So that's, <laughs> Are you going to go see them? I, I am going to see them, Excellent. so that, that'll be uh, uh, pretty fun. And uh, I've actually got tickets to go see Robert Plant, too, so he's on my playlist, too. Some old school. Yeah, good stuff. Around, so. yep. Yeah, I think uh, so this is about our 100th uh, plus episode we've recorded, and ACDC, I think, is still the number one response overall. So um, what's the first sales activity you do every day? I check my CRM to see who I need to follow up with in the process and where it is. And so I have a better idea of all that. And I'd say the second thing is then I take a look at my, you know, client list for the week of people that I've set up with and see kind of what I need to do and what, and then I think to myself, what opportunities are there for me to mine in those clients? Good, good. Well, Jason, I really want to thank you for joining me today. It's been a great conversation. So I will definitely look forward to having you back on the show. Tell people how they can find out more about you. So they can go to my website. It's beextraordinary.tv. That's beextraordinary.tv, all one word. And you can, there's tons of stuff on there about you know, how to build better relationships, how to create breakthrough success, um, how to get unstuck, how to network. I have a whole networking course on there, where to go and what to do step-by-step um, -step on there, as well as links to my book, all my social media stuff, coaching and products probably within the next probably four to six months on this as well okay well excellent well thank you very much for being here and remember friends make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success and subscribing to this podcast is a great way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of my conversations with my top business expert guests like my guest today jason troy who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business so thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. <laughs>